Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. As we begin this season of Epiphany, I just want to share just a little bit about what it means. What, what is Epiphany? Now, I've thought about it a lot, and I've, this is how I, you know, to sum it up, and this is what I landed on. We are celebrating the arrival of the Magi, right? Three astronom- astronomers who were not Jewish. That's an important thing to remember. They were not Jewish, Okay. Jesus came as the Messiah, not only the one that the Jews had waited for, he came to rule over Israel and he came to save the world. They thought Jesus was there only for them, but God had other plans. Jesus was, in fact, all of those things. He was going to do all of the things that they had hoped for and been promised. However, Jesus didn't only come for the people of Israel. He came for all people. He came for all people. He came for all those in need, whether they knew they were in need or not. And Isaiah tells us that very thing this morning when he says, Here is my servant who I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. And two lines that stick out to me from this reading are these. A bruised reed will not break he will not break, and a dimly lit wick he will not quench. Well, the reed that he's talking about, if you've ever seen one, is hollow, right? It's not a solid piece. So if it is bent or broken, it is worthless. It doesn't work the way it was supposed to. And if a candle wick is not in the right place or the right size or whatever it is, it won't burn doesn't work. These are the promises we have in Jesus. He came to sustain all of us. He came to make sure that we are not broken. Now we get to this fun reading from Acts. Peter's words remind us that the message has always been the same. This Jesus, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. God was with him. We were witnesses. These things actually happened in real time and in real place. He came to remove all of our sins. He came to be the judge who actually has been judged in your place. And by faith in his blood, he declares you righteous before God on account of his work. Is this not the message that we proclaim as Christians? That's what we share. That's what we tell people. That's why Jesus came. Now, what we don't hear in the reading this morning is how Peter came to the conclusion that God was for all people. Not only the Jews. Right before this, Peter would have thought there was no way in the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ was meant for the Gentiles. And one day while praying on a rooftop, 
he is overcome and enters somewhat of a trance, and he sees a vision. In this vision, he is told to go, kill, and eat. Right? Go, kill, and eat. Well, Peter argues with the Lord and says, I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. He is differentiating because of his beliefs. Now, Peter is telling God that there is, in fact, a separation between these things. Things that are clean and unclean. And God responds, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. That happened three times, and then he woke up and it said he was puzzled. I don't know if puzzled would cover it, frankly. And then he is called to the house of Cornelius, who is a Roman centurion, would have been a man of of stature and wealth and power. But Cornelius was known to be a God-fearing man, and he was interested in Yahweh and the God of the people of Israel. Now, in, in, in this vision, Peter has his own epiphany about the things that God has not separated, even though he thought they had. And in this epiphany, he knows and realizes that God is no longer dividing people along the lines of Jews and Gentiles or anything you can put in there as a list. Everybody can come to the message of Jesus. Peter needed to see that this message was for everybody. And I hope this part makes you feel better. Peter was a Christian. Peter knew Jesus personally for many years. And he still needed this miraculous epiphany to understand that God did not want things separated. And as Christians, we need to be continually reminded that the gospel message is for everybody. The gospel is for everybody. And because of this epiphany and his new understanding, that's why he can stand at Cornelius' house and preach to these uncircumcised people, the Gentiles, that Jesus is for them, and that you can receive forgiveness of sins through his name. And at the end of the story, they are all filled with the Holy Ghost and they are baptized. That's a pretty powerful story. It's a really powerful story. So what do we do now? We have celebrated his birth. We have celebrated his circumcision and his naming. And today, after skipping several years, we see the beginning of his ministry. Now, one thing that people tend to forget is that this baptism isn't what we think of as baptism, right? Oftentimes, I've heard people say that this may be a justification for adult baptism in different traditions, that Jesus was older. I don't know. But Jesus did not experience a Christian baptism. It wasn't like we do here. Because Jesus went to see John, who was baptizing people and telling them to do what? Repent. A baptism of repentance. Now, this is important because the baptism of Jesus occurs in all four Gospels, just like the crucifixion. 
because this is an extremely important moment in the life of Jesus. But what is, what's really going on here in this gospel message? Why does Jesus need a baptism of repentance? Have you ever thought about that? He didn't do anything that he needed to repent for. Well, this is what it means. That Jesus is placing himself under the law. As Paul states in Galatians. He is becoming like us in every way, yet without sin. We see our Savior, Jesus, who is not only for us, but is with us and like us in every way, yet without sin. Here he is. God identifying with us in every way, but then being manifested as God's beloved Son. And here's where it gets good. Jesus enters our waters and becomes like us in every way. And now through the waters of baptism, and this is where it connects today to baptism, we enter into his waters. We are buried with him in a death like his, and we come out of the water like him in every way. That's powerful. And guess what? We're not just not guilty anymore. We are completely and totally innocent and justified before God. Doesn't that make you feel good? That makes me feel good. This is an important moment. Because Jesus wants to be with us. When I was listening to a podcast this week, these two priests were talking about this uh, story, and they, he said, it reminds me of Christmas family photos. Everybody's in their sweater, and they're smiling, they're happy, 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 and, as he, and I'll quote him, he said, and then there's the goth girl in the corner who doesn't want to be in the picture. Anybody have someone in their family that doesn't want to smile in the picture? Okay, think about that. Jesus is like the ultimate photo bomber because he wants to put that Christmas sweater on and he wants to be in the picture with you. It sounds silly, but it's good to know that he desires deeply to be with us in every way. So there's two things that I want to leave you with today. One is I'm going to ask you to begin the work of accepting that you are loved, forgiven, and redeemed in the baptism of Jesus Christ. And two, just as Jesus said as he came out of the water, remember that the Father is pleased with you. And you can rest in that. Amen. Amen.